And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? My name's Haley Salvian. Welcome to another edition of the Friday show on the Athletic Hockey Show. Haley here with Sean Gentili, my co-host. Welcome, Sean. How are you today? I'm fine. Yeah, we're going to keep the chit-chat to a minimum today because we have a really busy show, actually. (laughs) It's the final show before the season starts, so things are going to start getting busier. Sorry, I'm laughing because you have the... This is an audio podcast, obviously, but we record on Zoom and and Sean blurs his background and the blur has blurred everything except for your head. So, oh, yeah, there we go. (laughs) That was really strange. Wait, wait, anyways, hold on. You're saying too much. This is too much chit chat. (laughs) It's too much. No, no, no. It's too much. Too many personal anecdotes. People hearing. Oh, my God. God, nothing worse <laughs> than whenever the podcast hosts turn out to not be trained apes who just sit there and talk about line combinations for 60 minutes. We see you commenters. We're giving you what you want. Except I broke because the blur blurred your whole body. and You're just a floating yeah. head on a Zoom call. In that act, I was it, trying so hard. And that actually uh, brings us that actually brings us to our new regular first segment, which is <laughs> twenty minutes where we talk about each other's Zoom backgrounds. Haley looking in a, a very tasteful in a in a in a wonderful loft, it appears. Yes. Um People can, you can pe- see my pumpkins. Uh, I believe those are Martha Stewart. They're little 
glass pumpkins. Whoa, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> okay, that's stop, enough. Stop. This but is too seriously. much. Simply too much. Okay, that's enough. We actually do have a really busy show. We're having Rod Brindamore on the show today. Very excited. Obviously, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. It's a big season for the Canes. This is the 25th anniversary season of the Hurricanes moving to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They are a, can we call them perennial Stanley Cup contender yet? Maybe not perennial. No. They're a cup contender. This is a team that are they hadn't been for a long time. Rod Brindamore comes in in 2018 and, and sits there and, and says with Don, uh, not Don Waddell, it was, um, yeah, Don Waddell and Tom Dundon beside him and says, as the new head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, we're going to make this team relevant again. Uh, that mm-hmm. was in 2018. Flash forward to 2022. Again, the 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary, excuse me, uh, of the organization moving to North Carolina. They've been to the postseason four straight season back-to-back division titles. They are a cup favorite this season once again. Seems like things could be, this could be, you know, the perfect year for it to finally be the year for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, It's not going to be easy um, considering, I feel like depending who you talk to, there's seven different, five different cup favorites, Um, you know, ton of contenders, but. Carolina Hurricanes are going to be a team to watch once again this season, and we're going to be really excited to bring Rod Brindamore onto the show um, in our second segment to chat about Seth Jarvis, uh, Brent Burns. He, they played against each other for a couple of years, and now he's coaching him. It's not a super unique thing, but there's lots to chat about with Rod Brindamore. We talked about that when we were just kind of going over things to potentially ask Rod. Like, I, it didn't. I knew that Brent Burns had been in the league for a long time, probably longer than people realized. And I knew that Rod played for a long time, probably longer than people realized. But I was mm-hmm. still kind of surprised to see not just that they overlap, but that they had a Five few... Five years of overlap. It was like a decent chunk, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brent Burns, uh, Minnesota Wild at the time. Mm-hmm. Everybody, loves, everybody loves talking about Brent Burns. Yeah. I sent a note to, to somebody who who knows quite a bit about the Carolina Hurricanes. Was asking, you know, what's what's good and interesting? What should we be talking about? Send me some things about, you know, some other prospects. Who's going to be the seventh defenseman? Uh, but you know, you should probably just ask about Brent Burns snakes or whatever. It's like, yeah, perfect. thank you. We'll <laughs> do fine. that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's really funny. Has anyone's ever seen him in person? His backpack is bigger than my torso. That was the mm-hmm. one thing that I took away from seeing Brent Burns for the first time, my first year in the league, uh, when he was still with the Sharks, and he's walking down the hall in Ottawa in his backpack like you could fit me. I could sit in it probably. <laughs> Cut little holes in the back and my legs would dangle out. Yeah, it's yeah, like <laughs> like a baby. It's it's proportional. Anyways, Rod Brindamore's me coming on. Big season for the Carolina Hurricanes. Lots to talk about. We'll get to that in the second segment. The season also starts this week, like essentially tomorrow. This will be coming out Friday morning. I had it in I my guess head. it depends on where you are in the yeah. world because there are the two. <laughs> yes, yes, it does depend on which side of the international dateline you, you, you reside in. Yes. Well, I, honestly, I I think I, I kept saying the season was starting on the 13th. It's I'm staring at I my calendar that. right now and it says October 13th NHL season starts. That is when the Flames season opener is. Oh. And I just figured like, yeah, Calgary starts on on the Thursday, so that's you know, the world revolves around the Calgary Flames still, <laughs> yeah. and forever it will. 
And that's when the NHL season starts. That's not true, everybody. I do apologize. That first game is, so San Jose, Nashville. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, October 7th at 2 p.m. Eastern. I think what it was more than anything was that I thought those games in the Czech Republic were exhibitions until like 45 minutes ago. They're not. Oops. They count. They do count. Congrats. Um, that's congr- the first global series game in Prague. Yeah. San Jose, Nashville. To, congrats to Tomas Hurdle. He, uh, he gets to play in front of like 500 of his family and friends he was so psyched about it when we talked to him like a, a few weeks ago okay yeah, that, that, awesome. that guy's that guy's psyched about anything yeah. i think he's you know kind and of so it's back-to-back games um friday october 7th 2 p.m eastern san jose nashville and then well i guess they're doing it as swap so it's san jose at nashville quote unquote and then saturday october 8th at 2 p.m. Eastern, once again, Nashville at San Jose. And those are the first two games of the NHL season before, I guess, the next couple regular season games are on the 11th. So the day after Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. Thick, thick and then Thanksgiving. We're, we're on it. So either way, this is the, the final show before the season actually starts. The final preview show then we will start talking about line combinations and and what things are doing but it's been yeah it's been three weeks of previews we do have one more big question preview topic to go over we'll go over that near the end of the show um talking about the calgary flames that's our second big question um but things are gonna get busy Mm -hmm. i'm not in game watching shape yet you know I, when I, I'm looking at what's so funny, it's a thing. It's a when, thing. Wednesday, it's a thing. there is one, two, three, four, five, six games on on the Wednesday night. And then like 12. Oh, my goodness. I can't count. There's And then there's like 12 games on the Thursday when the Flames start. And maybe that's why I was like, yeah, this is the first day of the season because everyone's playing basically. But Wednesday and Thursday next week, I'm just going to. I'm going to show up for the podcast next Thursday and I'm going to be a disaster because I've just been sitting on the couch watching hockey for, for hours and hours and I'm not used to doing that. It's been a no. while. I'm excited. Not me. You won't be watching. Oh, check in for a little bit. Watch a, watch a shift here and there and then just yeah. go about, go about my business. <laughs> Check in for a shift between the Arizona Coyotes and the Pittsburgh Penguins. What a great (laughs) – is that the home opener for the Penguins? My God. Why? You know what? Honestly, honestly, I didn't even – Arizona at Pittsburgh on on Thursday, October 13th. That's that's the Penguins' home opener. I feel like there's always a stretch like early in the season where – the Penguins don't like I, the last few years. They haven't gotten any favors from from uh, from, from the schedulers early in the this? season. Maybe there's tickets available. I think it's probably a thing where they know that even though the Penguins' crazy sellout streak is over, that ended during the pandemic. Obviously, yeah, they can kind of reliably you can still count on them to sell out their home opener. Like regardless of oh for sure, regar- regardless of who they're playing. But Who that doesn't is, want to see Sidney Crosby nutmegging and lacrosse goaling against I just Clayton want to see, Keller? And, I just want to see. I just want to see Logan Cooley. Bring Logan Pittsburgh Cooley back. Boy. We're t- we're we're, t- we're talking about players playing in front of their their hometown crowds. Just like give them give them you know a nice run in front of those fine folks from 
West Mifflin, PA. By the mall, Century 3 Mall. <laughs> that's what that's what this first I segment think should, That's what this first segment should be. Is in Pennsylvania my, every kids? week. Well, I no, hate no, to break no, it to you, but you know. But no. Okay, wait. No, 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 no. no. That's, that's, Logan it, Cooley is not going to be at the game. He's at University of Minnesota. I'm saying they should just give him like a, they should do the nine game, the nine game peekaboo just so Logan can, <laughs> can, uh, can yeah. come by for that. But no, no, I'm saying the first segment should be specifically uh, discussions of geographical minutia of Southwest Pennsylvania. So people <laughs> all over the world need to hear that Logan Cooley Grew up in West Mifflin, which used to be by the mall, but isn't anymore. They knocked they knocked this mall down. Are you done? I'm finished. It's fine. <laughs> and that's been the Pennsylvania Geographic <laughs> Corner. We will have to get Danielle to create some kind of jingle for that. There is a there's a Century Three Mall jingle. It was a um it was a there was a car dealership by Century Three Mall <laughs> that had a that had a great jingle. Okay. Danielle can just drop that in. That's fine. All right. Moving on, there are there is some news to talk about. Mm-hmm. One that is a really big one that's consistently like by the hour just kind of shifting right now. Um as we're recording this again, we're recording this on Thursday. We'll be posted on Friday. That's why it's the Friday show. Mm-hmm. As of right now, we are seeing consistent changes with Hockey Canada and everything that's been happening there. Um, For those of you who maybe need to be caught up, we don't have a ton of time. So I do recommend um, there is a timeline of events on The Athletic that has shown everything from the beginning um, that's happened with Hockey Canada. Because if we were to go through every single piece, it would would take us hours because there's a a lot going on here. Um, In terms of news today, Several major sponsors with Hockey Canada are pulling their sponsorship either just of the men's team or permanently from Hockey Canada programming, which is very significant. We're also seeing provincial governing bodies either making statements saying they're either monitoring the actions of Hockey Canada in recent months um, or demanding people stepping down. We saw – so just um, – I guess about an hour ago, Hockey Nova Scotia made a statement. Members of their board of directors are closely monitoring the actions of Hockey Canada and have expressed concerns to the national governing body during this period of time. Um, they have a emergency meeting today. That is Hockey Nova Scotia. Um, 35 minutes ago, Rick Westhead from TSN, who's doing a great job covering this and, and leading the charge along with our colleague Katie Strang and, and Ian Mendez, he was on the ground during the hearings that were happening in Ottawa in the last couple of days. Rick Westhead says they're hearing from several MPs that parliamentary staff have been examining Hockey Canada's financial statements and that the flow of money within the organization and its foundation, as well as Hockey Canada's investment decisions, may soon also come under scrutiny. <laughs> so there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I and didn't, even, didn't even see that that was happening. It, it, it's, it's constant. If you're not refreshing, there's just so much stuff going on. Again, The Athletic has a really great list of everything that happened and obviously the the kind of start 
of everything, this reckoning. I, I, we can't really call it a reckoning yet because there hasn't been meaningful change at Hockey Canada yet. It's been a lot of people trying to protect their place, um, protect executives who do not deserve it, who do not deserve to be in this, these positions. So I wouldn't call it a reckoning yet because nothing has happened that should be happening. Um, but a lot of this, for those who maybe don't know, is, is from the allegations of sexual violence that happened in London. Um, and everything is kind of stemmed from there. And I, I cannot say enough the massive impact that sponsorships being pulled mm -hmm. and the provincial governing bodies as well as other like minor hockey federations pulling or making these demands and statements is going to have. I, I had, a, and again, um, one that I missed, this was a couple hours ago, Hockey Manitoba made a statement. Um, they are supporting the calls by members of parliament for a change in Hockey Canada's leadership at the senior staff level and board of directors level, and they're calling for a review of Hockey Canada's action plan. And we also saw that one of the major Quebec governing bodies said that they would no longer... Um, they would be cutting ties with Hockey Canada in the wake of new allegations against the governing body um, and some of the things that have come out of those hearings. So we're seeing provincial bodies losing faith in Hockey Canada publicly and sponsorships, the dollars being pulled. Um, I had a conversation with somebody and this wasn't for, for publication, but, you know, obviously I did send some of this stuff to Katie because I'm trying to do my part to, to help with the coverage because it's so important. Um, but I did have a conversation with somebody, um, I guess about a month ago and they were saying that it's such a difficult spot right now because, you know, they're, when you're thinking of like, who do these board of director, directors answer to? Like, how are they still able to do this? Well, it's because <laughs> they answer to the governing bodies. They answer to the money and, and they, nothing had been impacted up until this point. So there was no real reason in their minds that they needed to step down. Why would, why would they overhaul when they're still winning gold medals? They're still getting sponsorship dollars and they still have the support of whatever other bodies are working with them. And now we're seeing that start to fall. And this person I was talking to said, like, it's going to take the, the minor hockey associations, the provincial governing bodies, the sponsors, kind of all at the same time coming together and saying enough is enough. We're pulling our money. Either we're doing it right now and just pulling, as we saw with, with places like Canadian Tire, um, or saying, if you don't create change, we're done. So I think this is going to be heading into the right place because there's no reason that these people should continue to be allowed to have these positions of power and sport in this country because they've just grossly mishandled the situation. And isn't that horrible? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't it horrible that hockey is, and uh, this is all stemming from the last few days of parliamentary hearings yes. where a Andrea Skinner went up there and had enough rope to hang herself and just, and it was just one gross. Yeah. What was the one quote she had? It was basically saying like, well, everyone else is bad, so we're mm -hmm. not that bad. Like, come yeah. on. It It's amazing <laughs> to me. And, and you can... Uh, 
this is this is another level of damage that they've done to the sport and the children that play it. Mm-hmm. That's happening literally because we had Scotiabank cut off funding and Canadian Tire cut off funding and local government. Like this is, I guarantee you, by the time this is posted, somebody else will have will will have pulled out there. Mm-hmm. That's the only way this is going to change. That's the only way that these people who are who are shameless pigs are gonna are gonna are gonna uh, are gonna be forced out, right? Is is if is if the money stuff changes? Yeah. The direct kind of uh, the 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 direct what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> the byproducts of all this. Especially with Canadian, look at Canadian Tire. Great, like great example. The the amount of money that Canadian Tire funnels to Hockey Canada to pay for early like free, grassroots program, grassroots free ice program that is yeah. gone now. That is and it, the like, and I'm so sorry to cut you off, but that mm-mm. was one of the things I saw, and and I'm so glad that some of those funding dollars are going to be funneled to like a good space, mm-hmm. but. Like what these hockey can execs are doing in the name of what was, what was the one quote they were saying? Like without us, they'll turn the lights out. Yeah, well, with you, you are losing money that goes to grassroots programming to help kids play hockey. Like and that's, and the, that's the, the Canadian only... Tire Jumpstart, and this is speaking as a Canadian. It is not cheap to play hockey in this country. It's not cheap to play hockey in the U.S. as well. It's not cheap to play hockey period and there's programming like canadian tire jumpstart or whatever it may be that can help kids you know you can sign up with jumpstart and they'll help you get skates or a stick or something there's little things that can be done at the grassroots level to get more kids playing this sport and now some of that funding is gone are those pro is that programming excuse me going to be gone like you are hurting the sport and you are hurting people first and foremost screw hockey you are like hurting like people mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know for example first and foremost the woman who came forward with these allegations mm-hmm. of sexual violence um it's just it's mind-boggling and it's gotten to the point where the prime minister this country is coming out and saying that we're going to overhaul this. It's just amazing to me that the only, <laughs> is that the only way that you could force these assholes out <laughs> is by is by jeopardizing jeopardizing you know is is by jeopardizing other other children, right? That's mm-hmm. the that's it. Like these like these kids aren't <laughs> Yep. They're not they're not they're not going to have a place to well, I I should we, I guess I guess we shouldn't say that. But just to tamper to tamper with you know the with with the funding and just add that add that next layer of mm-hmm. of complication to it because they had no other choice these these are clearly just shameless losers that 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 we're dealing with at the highest level who weren't who were just going to continue doing their jobs unless yeah. unless the unless the money unless the money faucets turned off so they had, we said they had, this. And they, had no, they had no other choice. the yeah. the uh, The other option would have been to continue with Scott Smith and Andreas Skinner and all these all these people who we've we've had to listen to over the last yep. uh, however however many months because they clearly were not going to go anywhere unless unless the Canadian Tire faucet and, and the Scotiabank faucet where it was turned and off. And we need to say they still haven't gone anywhere. Nothing's happened. Nothing's oh, changed. Oh, sure. Absolutely. At least However, now, like, I think the- it's fair to say that pressure is mounting mm-hmm. even more so than we saw 
on Hockey Canada to for a change in leadership. And like it really did, as you mentioned, like it hinged on 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 the parliamentary hearings that were widely panned. And specifically what Andrea Skinner, who was named the new interim board chair, that's the again, this is the only change they've made so far to their Mm -hmm. board of directors was bringing Andrea Skinner who went on the parliamentary committee and defended Hockey Canada, saying it, quote, has an excellent reputation and argued against scapegoating hockey as a centerpiece for toxic culture. Excellent. Excellent reputation. And she said they won't be making any managerial changes, defying a request from the federal sport minister. And that's it. Like, like that is... Like I said, like I, I said, they gave her enough yeah. rope to hang herself with, with that in these hearings. And you, you can you can imagine how this stuff plays out. Right. These these organizations are looking for an excuse to to pull the plug. They, and they hadn't quite gotten, you know, a good enough one. And then Andrew, then Andrea Skinner goes up, goes up there and provides it because she just made it clear that, that that nothing was coming down the pike in, in terms of real change. Just mm-hmm. defiant, defiant, gross shit from her. Yep. So credit, honestly, in a way to Scotiabank and Canadian Tire and whoever else, where they're just like, all right, hold on. Like, yeah. an, They've enough's, acted very quickly enough, today. Enough's enough. Yeah. Like it, it probably, it, it took them, you would have liked to have seen them act more quickly and maybe, sure. you know, you, use their sway before October 6th after we're, we've been talking about this for months. Mm-hmm. But it was clear. It became clear in the last forty-eight hours that this is the only way shit was going to get done. Was mm-hmm. was if those companies pulled the plug because yep. of the level of just like cynicism and and in uh, in yep. and um, hubris, I think that we yeah. saw on display. Well, it's from, continued from, resistance from it's for meaningful change, right? And again, mm-hmm. in the face of extremely troubling sexual violence allegations. Like, this isn't small stuff we're talking about here. This is, it's just unbelievable. And even, it's it's, and, it's and truly it's, mind-boggling. It's and I do think. Saying, it's, it's also worth saying, too. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Like, aside from the allegations, what, like, the reason we're talking about this now is because they All used, the other shit that's been uncovered in the process. It's <laughs> because of how, it's because of the money they used to, to attempt to pay this woman off. It's coming from. You know, and there's a second le- fund. Entry, there's there's le- funds. There's sexual fees. violence, sexual assault handling funds. So there was a report on Monday that found a second fund that they created in 1999. So two funds that they're using. And again, that's yeah. where the Rick Westhead, I believe that's where the Rick Westhead um, tweet comes into play of, of there's going to be some some more looks into their handling of their financials yeah, so again one, to wrap up one just slush a couple fund one slush fund wasn't enough yeah they had a so two. tim hortons scotiabank and telus are pausing their sponsorships for men's hockey programs for this season including the upcoming world juniors tournament whereas canadian tire has completely ended its partnership with hockey canada because it says the federation continues to resist meaningful change All right, John, before we bring on Rod Brindamore, another piece of news that came out late on Wednesday night after a day of, you know, Jason Robertson might sign. Wait, no, he's not going to (laughs) sign. Then it's about, what, midnight, just before midnight Eastern time. Jason Robertson signs a new contract with the Dallas Stars. Was that seriously when it, that's when it dropped was, was like midnight? I think so. Four years, 7.75 AAV? That's right. 
It was 7.75 million over four years for one of the league's best offensive generators already. Mm, That might be a jump in the gun. It's one season, but we know that that Jason Robertson is, is an exceptionally good finisher, naturally gifted goal scorer. Pretty good defensively too. Mm -hmm. And he was on one of the best lines in the league last season. We talked so much about the Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, Matthew Kachuk line that, that Jason Robertson, Rupa Hintz, and, and Joe Pavelski, depending on maybe where you live, um, maybe didn't get a ton of, I think it got a lot of attention. Um, but that was, again, one of the best lines in the league last season. And, and Jason Robertson was a big part of it because that guy can shoot the puck and he can score. And it's very impressive. Like, I think you don't was... get naturally gifted goal scorers all the time, right? Like, you get guys who can work on their craft and they've got a good wrister. But, like, Jason Robertson just seems like a guy who has it. I think, yeah, I think what we saw last year was that Jason Robertson was the engine on that line, on the Hints, on the Hints Pavelski line. You kind of can kind of flip a coin between between Hints and, and Robertson, maybe. But yeah, what what he does in terms of offense generation and finishing ability, I mean, it's whatever. Second year in the league, he had forty goals, eleven game winners, which was crazy. I don't think I realized yeah. that he was, which is like befitting, I think, of that line's importance to that team because sure. they're the they're the only reliable yeah, I mean, last year they were like the only te- the line that they were the only line mm-hmm. that could score for that team consistently and and all yeah so and then also his role on the line which is mm-hmm. you know the bagman um finish so yeah it, it's a it's a deal that made a lot of that made a lot of sense i think the numbers where it needs to be the length also is you know it's four years which is actually kind of weird that's like a number that you don't see all that often mm-hmm. four but that's what that takes him to free agency. That's the bridge deal he was looking for. Um, and Dallas didn't have a ton of cap Dallas flexibility just, yeah, in da- that Dallas sense just, either. Dallas just didn't have the cap flexibility that they would have needed to have to pay him eight and a half or, or whatever mm-hmm. whatever number that Papperson, his agent, was looking for for the eight year deal. That number wasn't going to be feasible under 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 the salary cap standpoint. And I know this. Because of a great story by Saad Yusuf. Yeah, we who, really wanna we really wanna give Saad a shout out because his story that came out Thursday, um, looking inside the contract with Jason Robertson, great story, really insightful. Like the hustle. Again, this deal was announced late last night. And yeah. he got Saad, all the necessary parties. Saad um, didn't sleep. So I, I don't think sleep, he did. That story, no. that's, that story dropped pretty early in the morning. And-, and and I thought what was super interesting about this story is, again, you know, we saw from Kevin Weeks, like something to keep an eye on. Um, maybe something's happening with Jason Robertson. Then we saw other NHL insiders say, like, no, there's no timeline here. Nothing. Nothing's happening. And and then they sign. It's like, OK, what the heck happened here? Mm-hmm. And then we get in this piece from Saad and it's you know, exactly what we wanted to know in terms of what the heck happened here. And it's Pat Brisson telling Saad, um, you know, this morning we weren't going in the direction of signing a contract. If I'm being honest with you, even on Wednesday afternoon, let's say, let's call it noon, Pat Brisson tells Saad, I thought this was going to take another week or two to get done. And, And then Saad really walks through everything about how talks escalated, um, and a deal gets completed for four years, $31 million. Um, and, and it was just, yeah, it was a good look into this specific contract, but also just right. how this stuff 
happens. Like I think it was that's, I think an interesting the, look for sure behind the curtain. I think that's the big thing, right? Like it's, yes, it's a cool look specifically at how they hammered out a deal for Jason Robertson to stay in Dallas, but it's also, honestly, I, and I'm, I mean, I, I love sod, so I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to gas him oh. up whenever, whenever we can. But like in terms of a look at how, if you're interested in how NHL contract negotiations work and God knows we have to be, whether, whether we want to be or not in this job, it's a really, really good look at, mm-hmm. at, at, at kind of how this stuff unfolds and the give and take and the kind of various timelines. So yeah, super duper, uh, interesting interesting stuff from sod it's on it's on the site so i know it's on my twitter timeline it's uh it's great because sod's great mm-hmm. it's perfect why should we should just we should just have we should just have him on can we just like is rod we don't need we don't need to talk to rod brandon more i don't call sod. let's not say that i'm very excited to have rod <laughs> more on the show and that's the perfect segue from sean because let's bring in rod brandon more Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, everyone, as promised, we're welcome to the show uh, by Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Big season coming up, almost the end of training camp. So, Rod, thank you. It's a busy time. So we really appreciate you joining us and, and taking the time today. No problem. This is, uh, this is good. We, did, we had practice this morning, and actually my wife and son took off over the weekend to go play hockey in a tournament. So I'm, I'm bacheloring it up. So this is, uh, this is good. This is good timing. This Congrats. is what you do in your free time. I Thank know. you. Exactly. This is great. <laughs> Wait. So what's I what the weekend's coming up? Like what's on the what well, what's on the ba- what's on the bachelor like checklist? You playing golf? <laughs> like what's what's happening? You know, it's funny you said that. So I was like, I, I don't normally have time like this, and, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I got, and we actually have a day off coming up. I think on Saturday schedule though. So NC State plays football, so I'll probably be sneaking in there. Maybe watch that. We got a couple of ex-players that live here that, well, quite a few, but a couple of guys that play a lot of golf. So I, I could potentially be doing that. Although once the season gets going, I use my clubs go, you know, away. So um, <laughs> I got a lot of hockey to watch. So I got two boys playing hockey. So like I said, my little guy, I can watch that on Live Barn. And then my oldest son <laughs> no, plays at cool. Quinnipiac. So their season starts up. So I'll be, I'll be busy just, I guess, by myself there. Yeah. Who's NC State playing this week? They got Florida State. Is it a rivalry game? That's how that Florida State. It's big. You know, college sports down here is huge, and uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I mean, the big, the big (laughs) ACC games are always are always a blast. I I went to I went to Maryland when when that was an ACC school. I I live in Pittsburgh, so I get to see Pitt involved with that. But 
Yeah, we can just talk about college football. Actually, I'm sure I'm, yeah. I'm sure people love that. NC State, they're good this year. They're good How about yeah, it. Everyone <laughs> gets pretty excited around here about NC State. I've been here 22 years, and when I first got here, I, I didn't realize I knew the college thing, but I didn't realize yeah. you had to pick a team. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be state one year, Carolina the next, and Duke. Like no. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we play in the same arena that NC State plays in. So I'm like, all right, I'll. I'll I'm going to root for them. And, you know, uh, it's been a long haul because, you know, they haven't really won anything. The baseball team's been good. I, I got to be good friends with the baseball coach. Um, so, you know, it's been great. I've gotten to learn, know all these people. And the NC State fans are very passionate. And they, they need – if anybody needs a, or deserves a, a championship, it's uh, NC State people. That's for sure. That's awesome. Wait, so are, you know are who's you in- not good at college football this year? Uh. <laughs> the Pitt Panthers. That's, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need to talk about sorry. that. Sorry. I'm sorry. So Rod, I didn't need to bring Rod into this. Rod, you've been there for, <laughs> for 20, you've been down there for 20 years. Is yeah, that- I, I got here in January of 2000. Oh my God. Yeah, a long time. Um, and I mean, I can't imagine going anywhere else. It's just uh, it's a great area. Great. I raised, I have four kids. Right. We are out of the house. I got a little one still here, but. Uh, it's uh, and it's it's become a, a hockey market. <laughs> it's become a great place to play, and guys are starting. Wow, well, they don't start. It's it happened a few years ago, I think, where you know people are starting to like we we want to go play there, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. Is there any reason for that? Like, is it just the just the fact that you guys have you know strung together some some quality seasons and you know just well, kind of building build, building up that rep? Like, what's what's different now versus? Well, I just think we're, you know what, we, we've had good teams in the past. We just weren't able to back it up. And, um, you know, now we've been good here for the last few years and, and it looks promising, right? It looks like we can sustain it for a little while with the, the people we have. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, if, if you know, you want to know why it's because, you know, we got a new owner that came in, nothing against Mr. Kamas because I love him, but different philosophy and his philosophy is we're going to have a fair fight every night, which means we're going to spend the same amount of money as the other guys are on players. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, okay, you know, <laughs> we get, it works out. Now all of a sudden we expect to win now, not just kind of, you know, hoping to win. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's been the biggest change. You know, it was in, in 2018 that in May 2018, uh, there was the the press conference there, you and, and Don Riddell and Tom Dundon. And the, the big thing that one of the big takeaways was you saying, you know, as the next coach, you're going to make, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes relevant again. They're going to be back in the playoffs. It was a nine year absence at that point. Made it very clear, like just reaching the postseason wasn't enough. Like we're going to do something here. From from 2018 to now entering the 2022-23 season, where would you say you guys are at in that kind of life cycle or that span? Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you remembering that because that's a while a while ago. With doing your she homework, was, doing your she homework. Was, she was she was 15 I when I happened, know. So, so whatever. You she didn't watch that, but that's okay. <laughs> you read it somewhere, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you it's know what? <laughs> Listen, like it's kind of just goes to what I just said, right? We we're, mm-hmm. we're we're at a point now where when we line up, it's it's expected to win, and that's just that means we're relevant, and that that that's what we want to be. We want to be in the conversation when you guys are talking about teams that have a chance. You know, everybody has a chance uh, mm-hmm. when you line up. It just does. Things can go your way, cannot. I mean, the year we won the cup in two thousand six, everyone mm-hmm. predicted us to be thirtieth. You, mm-hmm. you, you everybody has a chance when you line up. Um, but 
you know, I think there's a few teams that you say might have a better edge and for whatever the reason, you know, I think we're one of those teams that, uh, that feel like we have a legitimate chance here. So obviously everything has to fall into place and light on it up, but uh, you know, I like where we're at. Do you guys feel like you're this off season from the outside looked different? I think for you guys, do you feel like you're entering like a different phase of the life cycle there when you go out and, and you trade for Max Pacioretty and you trade for Brent Burns, like you're looking for these, you know, well, finishing think, te- these finished products to kind of like yeah. take you over, take you over the hump, right? Well, we have the other stuff. So we have mm-hmm. a younger group of pretty good players. I mean, especially still 21 or two, three, whatever. And, you know, I was, <laughs> I was 20, whatever, five, been in the league seven years. Uh, you know, we have a lot of still 20-somethings that are pretty good. Jarvis 20, 21, Netchi's 23. So we got to – that's good. Uh, Slavens, they're not – they're still 27, 28. I don't know. They're, they're – so now what missing pieces, well, let's fill them in with whatever we can find and just happens to be – I mean, I'm just so excited about the players we brought in because they're older, yeah. but – they're still top of their game and they want to win. And there's nothing better than getting veteran players that are hungry. You know, they've done everything they can do in the game. They made their money and they've, they've, you know, had the accolades and now they're like, wait a minute, like there's one thing left and that's the most important thing. So we kind of loaded up on those guys. And uh, obviously, unfortunately we got, we got an injury, right? Like, First day yeah. Max showed up, which was just, I just feel so bad for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, you turn the page and now you're looking, okay, we already know what our trade deadline, our, mm-hmm. our acquisition is. And he's sitting there and he's hungry and he's he's trying yeah. to get back. But that's that's happening. And so mm-hmm. that that should be a good boost for us at, at a real crucial time of the year. Mm-hmm. And and obviously another one is, is Brent Burns. And we do want to spend some time on him. But first, you know, you mentioned... Andrei Svechnikov, and yeah, he's only 22 years old, which I think you hear that, and it's it's kind of wild considering it feels like we've been watching him for a while and some of the things that he's done in the NHL. Is there another level for him in this league that we haven't seen yet? I, yeah, you always you got to be careful. I, like everyone always says that, but like I, I do mm-hmm. think he he there's another level of just maturity with understanding the game. I don't know that he can get, I hate to say he can get faster or shoot the puck harder or, you know, cause I mean, I don't know how he's already there for that, but mm-hmm. it's understanding, you know, the right times to try a guy one-on-one or get the puck out. There's little stupid things that coach talk about all the time that actually mm-hmm. are the difference between winning and losing. So mm-hmm. with him understanding his game, probably understanding the league, like, I think, you know, know who to who he's out there against, the things that you can do and not do. All that stuff comes with maturity. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So when you say, is there another level? I think there is. I don't know. He can get much better at the skills. Um, right. But, man, I think just understanding the game powerfully, understanding where the, you know, really understanding what penalty kill is doing. So what's open for yeah. you? Where the right. holes? Instead of just going out there and winging it, you know, which the young right. kids do that kind of stuff. So I do think there's another level for, for a lot of our young guys. Mm-hmm. Because the, the next level for, for Sveshnikov is like the insane, you know, 90 point, like that's, that's where he's at. Like that's what leveling up for Andre Sveshnikov looks like is a true kind of, you know, top 10 scoring season. Right. I mean, cause that's the kind of, ta- that's the kind of talent he has. We see it every night when we watch him, like he's, he's got that level of, you know, that level of dog in him. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. I mean, I'm biased, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I also, 
Uh, I've seen the growth in his game from when he first showed up on mm-hmm. the scene, which was, man, he was pretty raw. And mm-hmm. yet he still, you know, he still looked like an NHLer at a young, young age. And, you know, he's only gotten better. So the other part, and I've talked at length, not to you guys necessarily, but uh, when I get asked about him, you just said something interesting, like you threw it in there. He's got the dog in him. Like he, 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 he wants to get better. Like I can't get this guy out of the rink. Like yeah. he's, he's just like, we go for an hour and practice, which is long for, you know, NHL standards and he's staying out there and then he comes off the ice and he's in our shooting room after workouts and he's just firing and firing. And I'm just like, dude, you know, <laughs> hey, everybody, that's, that's who he is, you know? Wait, wait a second. So, so, so this is Rod Brindamore telling somebody to just kind of like ease up, calm well, down, you know, go <laughs> home, get out of the gym. Listen, <laughs> What's happening? I love the kid and he reminds, you know, he's a much better player than I was skill wise, but he reminds me of me the way you just like, he, you know, what else do I got to do? I'm 22 and the day's two o'clock in the afternoon. Like what, am I going to go home and watch soap operas or am I going to, you know, why don't I just keep working and keep trying to get better? And, you know, it's not, it's what else? I mean, I think so he doesn't, I don't think he plays golf and I don't, you know, I think he just wants to be a hockey player. So, I mean, awesome. you do, you do gotta, but, but I also know you need a little rest too, right? That's part of it. Mm-hmm. We hear so often with, with players on, on the hurricanes and that's maybe more of a, maybe it's in, cause I'm based in Canada. Maybe it's, um, with the shift to national, just so many guys are either underappreciated or undervalued and certainly not in, in your dressing room. I'm sure everybody appreciates what Sebastian Ajo brings to the table. Um, but you know, can you, what, can you explain what makes him specifically a, a, a valuable and important play player, excuse me, to yeah. the Carolina hurricanes? Well, you get, you know, when you watch him play, you see the obvious, you know, fast skill, you know, I, I see, you know, to, he, he's concerned about playing 200 feet away from the puck. There's a just a, a real accountability to his game, which, mm-hmm. you know, some superstars may, may not have quite the same. I think he mm-hmm. he gets that. Um, but what, again, what I've always loved about this kid is, I mean, he's been here now. We, we've been getting better and better, and yet we, you know, we haven't reached where we want to reach. And he, yeah, I always say this, he hates losing more than he likes winning. Like, and so I just love that about him. Like, it's just, man, we lose a game. It's just, you know, it eats them. And so that's that hunger. Like I talked about with the older guys, well, it's been in him, in him since he showed up on the scene. And so he, he's, you know, very, very competitive. And, and he, he, again, that's what this game's all about. NHL is about being competitive. And so he's got that in him. So I don't know if that answered your question, but no, that's no, what I think. And that's kind of what I think of with, uh, with Brent Burns, did you go yeah. out in the summer and just tell Don to go trade for a player that you actually played against? Is that is is, is, is that we're, we're running? We're, listen, we're running out of them. Um, uh, I, although I got Jordan Stahl here, I played against him for two years. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, we still joke about that occasionally. Um, I, I knew I was in trouble when that when I was going up against him in the playoffs the one year, and he's eighteen and I'm thirty, I guess eight or nine. And I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I don't want any part of this kid. And, you know, so anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. I don't even remember what your question was. Brett Burns. Brent I, didn't, Burns I, didn't, yeah. I didn't go and say, hey, can we get him for that reason? <laughs> but <laughs> I can tell you, I, I mean, I, this guy is phenomenal. And I just love it. I love it, everything about this guy. He comes in and, you know, he got it right away. Like he got traded. He's like, I got to get there. I want to, 
get going. And mm-hmm. he, I don't know if you guys heard, but like his house wasn't ready. So he mm-hmm. lives in his trailer in a trailer park, like, you know, just to mm-hmm. tell something because he just wanted to get here, get his family going. Um, wow. his, we, we joke about it because his son is, is my son's age and his son's a really good hockey player. So we, we, we the trade benefited both hurricanes teams, the, the big one and the, the junior teams, cause his, <laughs> his kid's great. really, really good. So we're really, really happy about this trade right now. So the real reason Rod Brinamore wanted there we go. Brent there you Burns go. We, on we the, had the junior games. <laughs> uh, stacking up the junior games. <laughs> 2011s. They need a little boost. So we got that going. Um, but he's just a, you know, man, his, his spirit is something to have around the room. He's, he's always smiling and, and he's a hard worker. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Like he fits what any team would want. But the way we kind of like to do things, he's all in. And, um, you know, I know he's getting up there, but it's, you know, if you, I've always thought this, if you take care of yourself and you're committed, you know, age is what it is. Like, I don't think it's, I mean, eventually it's going to catch everybody, but I, I think he's got a lot of good, got a lot of good time still in, in his game. I mean, he's one of the, he's a workout guy, obviously like this, the, the, the time he puts in and the stuff he does, it's half legendary. Honestly, there's been a lot of stories written about about the about the beast he is he he is in the gym right i mean so it seems like he's there's more meat left on the bone for yeah. that guy right yeah. that's 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 he, certainly what he it seems fits like. our uh he, he he adds to our culture and fits right in beautifully that's so and he's you know played a couple preseason games albeit you know not not a big picture picture of you know the whole thing but he he did he certainly has shown uh, <laughs> he's got a lot left. Did you stop by the, have you stopped by the RV yet? Yeah, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's impressive. <laughs> let me tell you. I, <laughs> I guess with, with Brent though, he'll be playing a different role with, with your team than the one he was maybe used to for, for a while with the San Jose Sharks. How has he kind of maybe adjusted to a shift in, in maybe the way he's going to be used or, or wow. what? He's not going to maybe change his game. This is but. where Haley. This is where you, you, your first time I said I complimented you on your your research of you know my four years ago my you know my my what did, did I do something? Right Am I about to get I'm ripped? To Am I about to be corrected? Say what, oh. why would we do anything different? He's he's been the best defenseman in the league for <laughs> many many years. You know, go get it, buddy. That's that's kind of how we're gonna apply it. Make, you you know, do so you. It's yeah. There you go. There you go. And it, it, I'll be honest, it's, he's what I love to do about him is we're, we're got a different system than what he's been used to. Um, but he wants to, like, he's so attentive when I do my meetings and I'm looking around the room, like I would expect him to be like this. Right. Because <laughs> I, I, and he's the guy that's like, he wants to, he's like, I got to get this right. And, you know, so he's, he's excited. And uh, obviously we are too. And I'm joking, Haley. I don't hope you don't. <laughs> no, it's that. okay. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. Kinda. That's it for me, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta. Sean, pick up the Great. slack. Yeah, I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, we, you talked about, you talked about Patchy already. I know it's, that's you said it was, it's, it is. It's, I'm sure it's devastating stuff for him to deal with that as, as soon after the trade as, as he did. Um, is it just as simple as you, is you guys kind of trading him as a, as a trade deadline acquisition, like, or, or is it in the back of your head, like? you know, kind of planning ahead and, and finding a. You can't, do you, do you, there's only a way to do it, right? Yeah. What else are you going to do? Like we, when he had the injury, you know, you say, man, a tough break. 
you know, obviously feel hated for him, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, Liss just showed up, you know, and he's trying to get his kids in school. He's trying to get the kids in hockey and he's trying to do that and then to get a house and then, oh, and now he's got to deal with this and he doesn't even know half the guys because he hasn't met them. You know, mm-hmm. it's right. that is tough. And so it's acclimating that, okay, get all that taken care of. And now just the injury is, really, it's not a day-to-day injury. You don't right. really get it. Oh, today it's like, okay, let's go one month at a time. And then let's just see. And just big picture. This is a big picture thing, you know, shoot for whatever it is. We stick, stick the date way out there. And um, mm-hmm. just, you know, what I like, he comes to all the meetings. So he's, you know, he knows what we're doing. And then I, I think obviously he'll have tons of time to get ready when, whenever they give him the green light. And um, just excited to see, you know, when that addition happens, you know, hopefully we're in a great spot that, that it matters, you know, when he gets back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what have you seen that's maybe not different, but what have you seen from Seth Jarvis at camp? But even just last season, I mean, he was such a, not a revelation, but he was a, a pleasure to watch as a younger player in the league. And have you seen, what have you seen from him last year and, and into camp now? Yeah. He made our team kind of unexpectedly. Um, you know, a young kid, this is where, the rules kind of helped us. We had to keep him. We couldn't send him back to junior. He was too good. Yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't send him to the minors, whatever the rule is. Hey, you guys might know better than me. I, it's like, he's couldn't go to the AHL, but yep. you can't send him. Yeah. What's, 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 yeah. he, what's he going to go do? And so our hands were kind of tied. Yeah. So we're like, all right, let's keep him for the first, what is it? Eight, nine games. You got it. So let's just see. No expectations. And, and then it was like, wait a minute. Like, how do you send this kid down? He's an NHL hockey player. Like it's, mm-hmm. and so he earned his way, which is the best way, right? He, he earned it. There's no question about it. And then, you know, he just kept getting better. And um, I just, I just think he's, he's just scratching the surface. So um, we'll see where, where it goes this year. Again, you, he's young. I don't want to put all this, you know, oh, he's the next thing. Like, let's just, Till yeah. he, he had a good start and it's easy when there's no pressure. And, you know, then you start, you start asking questions about him. The next, you know, everyone's <laughs> talking about him. Suddenly it's, yeah. there's a little more heat on you. So let's just remember he's young and, you know, see where it goes. Well, especially with the way he ended his season too. It's easy to gas up the gas up the guy when he was one of your few best forwards, honestly, throughout, throughout those, throughout those two, those two playoff rounds. Well, he's right? dynamic. He's, he was great. Yeah. He's dynamic. He's got that, you know, ability to wow you a little bit with, and, um, and you can't, you know, you gotta like that. that, that that's, you know, there's some things that he has, you can't really teach. So, um, that he, and he's still young junior kid coming out of junior that these top junior kids, Playing away from the puck is a challenge every time they get because they never had to do it when they played in junior. They just had the puck the whole right. time, and so you know they got to learn that part of the game. And he's done a real nice job with that. What is is that like? What is it? I know he impressed everybody at, at that at, the, at a prospect tournament and at, at your guys' prospect event, right? That was when he kind of like yeah. jumped off jumped off the ice. Like, is are there specific things that you look for in young players where you're like, all right, that yeah. kid is going to be able to help us like now yeah. or, 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 yeah. or in a couple months. Yeah. I mean, that's scouting, I guess, you, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you watch a kid play, you know, some kids jump off the page, some kids, you know, they may not even be putting up points or doing it, but it's like, okay, wait a minute, watch what he's doing every time he gets the puck or where he's going with it. It's the right play. It's the right play or vice versa. When he doesn't have it, where's he going? 
what's he doing? Oh, he's doing it right. He's doing it right. And then, you know, you watch a kid like that. He's got these wheels where he's just, he's that much faster than everyone else. He's just blowing by people. So, right. It's like, okay, there's something here with this kid. And then you get to know him and then you get to work with him. And I think the, those guys that take the next step, they want it. Like we've talked about with all the great players, they want to be best, the best player. They're the ones putting in the most work. You know, it doesn't just happen. It happens to a few people in any sport. It's going to happen. You know, they are what they are, but the rest, they got, they go get it. They go after it. They, they work for it. I wanted to ask you about uh, Dylan Coughlin, Rod. I know he was uh, someone who was in the, the Pacioretty trade. Um, he's not just a throw in though. What, what do we need to know about, about this player and, and what you've seen and what he can do for, for you and your team? Good question. Um, good, good to throw him in there because just being nice now. You know, you're, you're catching up again. I got it. It's two for two, two for three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, he's. I, I don't really know him yet that well. Like, I mean, he's been here for a while, but he only played a couple of preseason games. Got hurt in the last one, like first period. So, yeah. you know, he looks great in practice. Um, I, I think he's got a, and we know he's got some offensive abilities. I think that's always been there. So now it's shutting down the other end when, you know, and he's kind of, we've talked about that. So I, I'm excited. I, I, you know, see what, what he can do kind of under our system for a year. Um, but I don't really know the player that well yet. The last one for me, before we let you go, cause we, I know you're, you've got some free time, but we yeah. don't want to make yeah. you stick around That's for 45 right. minutes. You're tired of me now. I got it. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's good. No, never. We will keep you for another 20 minutes. Right. No, I think that'd be rude. You know, it's going to be the 25th anniversary season of, of the Hurricanes relocation to North Carolina. We already discussed you being there for 20 years now, but when you hear that, it's been 25 years. It could be a special season. You guys are moving in, in this right direction, everything we've talked about. So what does this season and that kind of anniversary mean to you as somebody who's been in North Carolina for two decades? I've seen it. Like my, I got here the first year they moved to Raleigh, right? So mm-hmm. I've been in this town where forever, and I've watched it really – from the ground up essentially. And, um, it's come such a far, I mean, I just can't even explain it to you. When my first game as a player playing here, I came from Philadelphia and there was 8,000 people in the rink. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it's amazing how much a home crowd you don't even realize until you don't have it. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, are we in a practice? Like, yeah, it was really hard adjustment. And now it doesn't have, that's not how this is. Now the building, even if, if there's 13,000 in there, it's louder than any building in the, like it is, it's the best place to play. We don't have that anymore. Now our crowds are great. Mm-hmm. Um, the atmosphere around the building, the people in the area, they didn't know what hockey was when we came down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ramble here, but like when I first got traded here, I stayed at the hotel and I had to ask directions to, it was called, I think, entertainment arena or something, entertainment mm-hmm. sports arena. So I go to the lobby guy, I said, where how do I get to the entertainment? This is before GPS, I think, right? Right. How do I get to the ESA? It's called. He's like, what's that? So I go, has oh, it just been built? I go, well, mm-hmm. it's where the hurricanes play. And he's like, who, who? Right. Oh. Like he, he had no idea what I was talking about. And the, the rink was three miles up the road. So <laughs> now if, I can just tell you, if you ask that question, it's like slam dunk, right? Everybody knows who we are. They, they, we talked about the college atmosphere here. The NC State fans, the Carolina fans, the Duke, this they're the one te- we're the one team they can all cheer for. So they all it's like they all get together and say one time, hey, that's our team. Um, and we're the only pro team in the area. So it's you know, it's become it's really come a long way. 
think uh, I'll, rattle, I'll rattle on a little longer on, on telling you the difference. No, I used to Keep train. This, this <laughs> people, people laugh at this. So in the summers, I lived here. I never went anywhere else. This was, you know, the summer, my off season, everything. So I'd go to the rink. I get my workout in. I'd go on the ice and I would pay my 10 bucks and do the, I don't know if you guys have sticking pucks up there. So it's like mm-hmm. you pay your 10 bucks, you can go on the ice. So that's, mm-hmm. I would okay. NHL, I, I pay my 10 bucks at the guys because there was nobody on the ice, right? Like I, there was two people, two or three people. So oh. I would just train. I'd say, Hey, can you stay down at that end? I'm going to do my workouts. No problem. You, you can't, you can't even get the sticking puck now is they have to take a number because they only allow so many people on, right? Like on the ice because mm. it's packed all the time. It's packed all the time. Wow. The youth hockey just quadrupled inside. Every kid's playing hockey down here now. Um, so That's amazing. I'm just, I, I'm kind of proud of it. As you can tell, like, I, I feel yeah. you know, it's not me, but it's this group and where we've come is we've come a long way, I guess is the best way to put it. And it's hard to find a different correlation between that, you know, like you have to draw somewhat of a direct line between the Carolina hurricanes and the youth hockey expansion. You know, I'm sure there's been more investment in the grassroots, et cetera, but you know, well, what winning, else? it's winning, right? Your team's yeah. good. All the kids want to play hockey. You know, they come to the game. You guys know we kind of live it, but Mm-hmm. You come to a playoff game here, you, like it's the most exciting thing you're going to watch. So mm-hmm. you get a kid involved. And now, remember, you said 25 years now. These kids were, were, were kids. Maybe we won the cup. Now they're they're now adults and they're the ones buying season tickets. And mm-hmm. and it's starting to – that's how you build a, you know, a hockey in an area that doesn't really have it or never did, right? So yeah. I, think we're, I think we're on our way. I came to a game in Raleigh when I was – Still, you know, I think I was still in high school. Maybe I was in university at that point. But my parents and I, we would go on road trips all the time to the U.S. And I think I had a, I had a basketball tournament at Chapel Hill. And we ended up getting tickets. We were sitting like fifth row at a game in, in North Carolina. My dad was amazed. Like, and, it was, you know, it wasn't super busy. We got really good seats. But my dad was so excited and he thought the tailgating in the parking yeah. lot was really cool and he's the nc state and my dad my dad always talks about it like he would love to when go you, back when you to another game even, down there it's it's jacked up more now like it's so yeah, yeah. it's everything's when was that you were like that was 10 years ago right yeah so that's yeah. Like when everything was kind of bottoming out i think i'm hoping those days are behind us and uh like i said we got a we got a really nice group here. End of the day, we got great people here. And I just, it's so much fun mm-hmm. to go to work. I got, it's not even work. I mean, I, I kind of, I feel like I'm robbing the bank, you know, every day I show up and I get, I guess I have really good people around and uh, awesome. win or lose. I know we're going to give that than we have. So it's just like that. You can't ask for more. You can't. I know I said that was my last question, but I do have to ask you about Jordan Stahl. Um, yeah. Is it been 10 years now? Is it, he's been yeah. there for almost 10 years now. Maybe more. Captain the team. I don't know. I mean, he's his last like contract. He had nine. He's been nine. I think this is 10. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Captain you know, the team. You've done you, more research I, than I have. It, 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 it was 2011. It was a okay. 2011 draft, yeah. I think, when that, yeah. when that happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, he set the tone for everything that we do. Um, you, you're not going to find a better human being. You know, every you know, listen, every coach is going to say that about his captain. Right? You have to. Mm-hmm. But but do they believe it? Right. Like I, I say it. So just because I do believe it. I've been around this guy forever. Watched him grow. Um, he's a great, you know, dad. He, you know, he's a great teammate. Comes to work. He's like, OK, guys, this is how we're going to do it. And it's he preaches what I preach. So it's easy for a coach mm-hmm. to go in there. Jordan is that we got to play. Yep. And he does it. 
And now when we talk about, oh, sits beside him for five years, and he's like, okay, I, this is the way I have to do it too. Like there's mm-hmm. just no way around it. So he's had the, a huge, huge impact on the turnaround of our group and just how he handles himself every day. That's awesome. Well, I know I said that was the last one. That was the last one this time, I swear. Sorry. And thank you yeah, so much. You got me on a good time. Like if, it, if it was yeah. the other way, if I had to rush out for practice or yeah. kid stuff, I'd be like, okay, we're done. You would have just uh-huh. been out of here after the yeah. Brent Burns question. You're, you know much. what? <laughs> You've got to get to the ring. Uh, that would have been my cue. Like, whoop, okay. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. I said Rod. he wouldn't have to change his game. I'm just going to defend myself here. I just meant maybe he would have a The problem was, it's whatever fine, you it's said fine. first, it, it just it threw out the rest. I yeah. just got to hear the rest. So I'll it's own it. I'm sorry. I'll own it. It was phrased poorly you set the tone the first like the first like five words of a question that's when people decide whether they're yeah. gonna turn their brain off i should have just said go. tell me about brent Burns. yes I'm sorry Good job. Right. there you go you know wind them up <laughs> but we thank did. you and enjoy All the right. weekend hopefully yeah, you get to go golfing hopefully. we well, really appreciate I, it i hope you make i hope you make it to nc state for the state let's get yeah. you let's, let's let's get you over there watching football i might have yeah all right guys All right. take it <laughs> easy thanks thank you again thanks for the yeah. time good luck this season thanks thank you and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Did I yeah. get roasted by Rod Brendamore? Yeah, you did. You did. It's fine. It was a great answer. Sometimes, really- sometimes you have to ask a stupid question to get a good answer. But no, I don't mean it wasn't stupid. I, he, no. an, he answered it. What I meant is like, you know, we're not going to see, you know, he's not going to take over Jacob Slavin's job. He's not going to be whatever. You I don't, don't know. You, you don't have to defend yourself here. Rod, Rod knew what you were asking, and that was just, that was a great that was a great way to answer the question because because he did kind of he did kind of draw the distinction between maybe asking someone to do certain different things without overhauling. You know what yeah. what would make Brent them Burns is still going to be Brent Burns. It's just going to be I think, yeah on the I Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> I think that's I think that's fair to say. Brent Burns ultimately isn't going to isn't going to change that much for for anybody at this point. That was great. He was awesome. Rod, Rod was great. Yeah. I, yeah, he's great. I feel like the stuff when he's like, I feel like I'm robbing a bank every day. And, you know, hopefully some of this or all of it gets posted on YouTube. We can share some of it on Twitter, some of these clips. Because it's one thing to listen to it, but it's another to be on like a video screen and, and mm-hmm. be looking at the passion in which he talks about these things. Like you can tell when people mean what they're saying. Like this is a man who just loves coaching 
this hockey team and loves what he does. And it comes through. And and it's no wonder you hear about Andrei Svechnikov being at the rink all day long or or Sebastian Ajo, like, you know, doing all this work. Like, these guys buy in for him and what he wants because of Rod. And, yeah. and you talk to him for 20 minutes or however long that was, and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, you know what? Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's true. He's I get, get it. In. I get it now. He's going to. I'm all he's, in. Put him he, in. He rocks. In. Give it to him. I want to hear a speech. Rod Brindamore should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Just that's for of, yelling at me. That's one of the most <laughs> one of the most interesting or one of the most important things to consider when you're deciding on someone's legacy. And ultimately the the biggest honor they can receive as a professional athlete, you have to ask yourself, was this guy nice to me? And if the answer is yes, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Grease the skids, baby. Let's go. Rod Brindamore was nice to me on October sixth, twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. enshrine the man i agree and i also have to apologize to to Corey, our new freelancer in carolina i did not remember what rod brindamore said in may 2018 that was no. the lead in Corey's story on the athletic.com <laughs> i i had to i had to throw you under the, the bus there thanks Corey. it's okay you, you shouldn't yeah it's Corey. thanks Corey, and whoever said that brent burns is gonna be playing a different role in carolina you're dead to me i'm just kidding i that was on. That was my own. Shout out, my to, own shout out to Corey Lavalette. He's, he's yes. gonna be doing do, doing a lot of Hurricanes coverage for us this season. He's uh, he's great. He's, he's he's covered that team for for a long time. Smart dude. Shout out. Very to him. exciting. So the final thing for today. Again, busy podcast. It's a long one. Lots of lots of hockey talking here. And Rod was awesome. I really hope everyone gets this point in the show. Listen to that whole interview. Listen to me redeem myself. In the end. Mm. <sighs> it's fine. We've got one more of the season preview topics to discuss with the Flames this time. So it's the top 10 storylines we did last week with Peter Baugh on the Colorado Avalanche. This week we're talking Flames. And the big question is, and it's the question we've been asking and talking about however long, all summer, mm. since the reconstruction of the Flames was complete. Are the Calgary Flames now, the new look Flames, are they going to mm-hmm. be better than they were last year? That's the big question. And that's the question. It's the most important one. And we're not going to really know, unless they're horrific out of the gate. But we're not really going to know until we get to the playoffs. But I think it's important to talk about. It's the top of mind question. Are these Flames better than those Flames? Sean, you were part of the season previews, although I did kick you off the Calgary Flames preview. <laughs> That's fine. Because I'm a brat, and mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do something. Noted noted brat, Haley Salvian, yes. That's right. I'm an only um, child. Who could have guessed? <laughs> any, any, anybody who's ever talked to you. Whatever. <laughs> Sean, what do you think? Calgary Flames they're, better? They're better. Worse. They're better. Why? They're better. I think it's Uyghur. I think he's kind of like the. I think he's kind of like the X factor that takes them from being, you know, maybe a maybe a net a net zero add if you if you want to if you want to treat Uberdo and Kadri, and then losing Kachuk and Kachuk and uh, and and Gaudreau is kind of like money in money out. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's close enough. 
ultimately they added an, another top pair caliber defender. And I think that's kind of what tips it over into being, you know, I'm comfortable saying that this team is in a better spot this year versus versus last. Because what, cause what, my God, you know this a hundred times better than me. Like, what was the single biggest issue for them for the for them last year? Ultimately, and I know this is this isn't even about Weir. This is more about about Kadri. Just mm-hmm. no, like no consistently reliable second line behind no. b- behind the big boys, and they've got it now, right? Yeah, and and we saw this in the playoffs. Um, we saw this in random stretches in the regular season. The Calgary Flames had the best, most productive line at five on five. Obviously, it's five on five because it's a line; it's not a power play unit in the league last year. I don't have it right in front of me. I believe they scored 71 goals and were on the ice for about 30 against. They had the most like effective line in the league with Gaudreau and Lindholm and, and Kachuk. But there was way too many nights where mm-hmm. the Calgary Flames were a one-line hockey team. And sure, Daryl Sutter's going to tell you not every line, not every player needs to score. It's not all about goals. It's what else can they do for you. And sure, they had a third line that was suffocating or really good in the D zone. They had guys who could check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Lindholm didn't score a goal or Johnny didn't score a goal or Matthew didn't score a goal, you're getting maybe one from Mangiapane if he was on a hot streak, maybe Dubé, maybe Milan Lucic in the beginning of the season. But after that, it was like, uh, (laughs) there was way too many stretches where they only had one trio of guys who consistently produced on offense and they kept kind of trying to piece together three other lines all season long. That's tough to all do. All season line, That's trying to find to... other lines who could do stuff, you know? And and now with Kadri, I think the Flames are going to be able to find a consistent top six. Put, you know, have Kadri with, I think he's been playing with Dubé and Mangiapane. Which really isn't interesting. great because yeah. I would have loved to see Dubé on the third line with uh, Michael Backlin and... Blake Coleman, because I think mm-hmm. Dubé's got jump. I think he's feisty. I think he could do a little bit of what Manji. They could think he could profile to do what Mangiapane did when he has his breakout year. Because Dylan Dubé is still pretty young. Um, but right now they've got Dubé up on that second line with Mangiapane and Kadri. They've got Toffoli on the top line, which hasn't quite worked yet, but there's reason to believe that it will because Toffoli is very good when he's on his game. We talked about natural goal scorers and Jason Robertson. Tyler Toffoli is a naturally gifted goal scorer. Um, and he's really good when he can get someone to give him the puck in the slot and like high danger passes. Mm-hmm. He was lights out when he was playing with Cole Caulfield for a reason because Cole Caulfield is a wizard and could just get him the puck in high danger areas of the ice and Toffoli could finish it off. So the Flames need Toffoli to rebound. And, and I think Huberto is a really good line mate to try to thread him those passes. We've seen some of them in the preseason and Toffoli hasn't been finishing, but neither of Elias Lindholm. And we know that Elias Lindholm can score goals. He scored 42 last year. We know Toffoli can score goals. There's reason to believe they're going to be all right. I'm intrigued, though, because now they're going to have a second line center in Nazem Kadri. Who can, who can push the play up ice. He's good off the rush. He's good off the cycle. He can score. He can pass. He's a dual threat. He's feisty. People hate playing against that guy. And now they're going to be able to find him wingers so they could have two lines who can score on any given night. Then you'll have your nice suffocating third line who could maybe produce offense here and there. you got your secondary scoring, and then you've got a fourth line that's go out there, bang some bodies, and don't screw up. I don't know how you can expect to have two offensively minded lines when you only have one offensively minded center. And Michael Backlund, as great as he was in the playoffs, he's not, 
He's not a 2C. He's If Michael no. Backlund is your third-line center, ideally making a little bit less money, maybe, maybe, you're in great shape. Yeah. Because he... I was on the Elias Lindholm for Selkie train and we had Rod Brindamore on the show. I spoke to Rod Brindamore about Elias for that feature, about why he profiles as a as a Selkie caliber that's, player. That's what, that's what you talked to him about. I, I, was, yes. I was trying to remember what, because I, I remember yeah. when you did that interview. Yeah. Maybe that he maybe he liked the story and that's why he felt comfortable yelling at me. Just yeah. kidding. He didn't yell. Anyways, I did talk to Rod Brindamore about Elias for that and Obviously, he coached Elias Lindholm and was a big part in in Elias's kind of shift into a more complete player. He's one of the best complete centers in the league after last season. However, Michael Backlund is the best defensive forward on the Calgary Flames. His defensive metrics and his defensive ability is the right. best on the Calgary Flames. But the Selkies kind of shifted into this like two-way guy. Lindholm yeah. scores 42. He's really good on the defensive side of the puck. He's made Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk better defensive players, blah, 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 blah. He's finalist for the Selkie. But Michael Backlund is your perfect suffocating, forechecking, defensive third-line center. Mm-hmm. I cover women's hockey. I call Blair Turnbull like the, the female. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Blair Turnbull is your perfect third-line center. Michael Backlund is Blair Turnbull <laughs> for anyone oh, yeah. listening. Um, that's my very hockey Canada, women's hockey not Hockey Canada, the Canadian Blair, women's hockey team. There we go. There Blair we go. Turnbull. Blair Turnbull. Um, Blair Turnbull is one of my is, is one of my favorite players. She's in, perfect. In the game to watch. She, she's such a pain. She is such a pain in the ass. Oh, and I'm saying this as as an American hockey fan who's watched she's Blair Turnbull. You know, yeah. Ter- People hate ter- playing ter- against her. Terrorize the 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 team for the country that I'm that I'm from. Mm-hmm. She's a pain in the ass. I love but anyways. Her. As great as Backlund was in the playoffs, and I thought he was the best, most consistent forward after like midway through the first round. Mm-hmm. He was kind of mm-hmm. bad in the first few games, and then he picked it up, and he was their best, most consistent forward. But you want him to be your three. See, like he's yeah. offensively limited, right? If Mike- Nazem Kadri is not, maybe he won't have an eight, a one hundred point pace again. But Kadri is still going to be an upgrade as the two C on the Calgary Flames in terms of the offensive production and and pushing the pace and, and pushing the play up ice and being in the offensive zone and be able to finish those opportunities off the rush and off the cycle. So I think that's going to be what makes them better. They lost if- two of the best players in that trade. Sorry, I cut you off. The Flames lost the two best players this offseason, but I think they're still going to end up being better if because Michael, of what they've done. If Michael Backlund is your best forward in a playoff series, you're going to you're going to lose that playoff series. Yeah. <laughs> Bad news. Not- Bad news. And that's and, that, and that's what happened to them in Edmonton. I I think the most interesting I maybe league-wide, honestly, is seeing what Jonathan Huberdeau looks like on a Daryl Sutter team, mm-hmm. because we saw we've seen it over the last three years. He turned Johnny Gaudreau, who's nobody's idea of like a two way five on five player at the start of his career. Mm-hmm. Daryl Sutter turned him into that. And Jonathan Huberdeau, we don't need to dredge up like his horrendous defensive numbers or honestly how bad he looks on video sometimes we're about we're about to figure out what the deal was there like was this just a was this what he was it's a function of what he was asked to do in florida was it bad habits was it just you know but whatever whatever's gone on with him over over the last mm-hmm. couple years with, with his defensive game which is what's probably stopped him from winning 
a hard trophy a last trophy. year. Is like, is his rep? His rep is deservedly bad enough. Sure. We're about to we're about to figure out whether it's fixable, mm-hmm. whether it was whether it's an issue of system or effort and or, not playing or, with or whatever. What exactly? What whatever it was. Like we're we're about to get our answer. We're fu- we're about to figure out what kind of player truly Jonathan Huberdeau is, and, and what um, Elias Lindholm can do without Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> that's Look, a major. I think he's great. We saw what Elias Lindholm can do with those two guys, and you know I will tell people to go and read the story about his path to being a forty goal scorer because mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm has always been profiled as a top line offensively productive NHL player and he's turned himself into this complete player. And and we saw the way that his what he did in the D zone rub off on guys like Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. But I think when you talk about Huberto, I'm really curious is is Elias Lindholm going to have to pick up some more slack in the D zone and maybe lose some of that offensive production? Or is it going to be just as simple as doing what he did last year? Because we heard on this podcast, you and Craig, Greg Custance. Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg Gustance. Greg Gustance. Um, you guys had Matthew on and, and he talked about how he makes life so much easier because he just, he gets you the puck and he gets you in the ozone and he lets them cook there. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see Huberto? take it maybe another step offensively because he's playing with a guy who makes sure that he can stay in the they're offensive really, zone. They're really interesting. Defensive players. Oh, like Johnny Gaudreau looked really good defensively because he was never in the D zone. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I'm and, not saying that he wasn't good. He was, I, I wrote a story. He was, that was the most complete version of Johnny Gaudreau we've ever seen, but we didn't see Johnny Gaudreau in the D zone barely ever because if they lost the puck, Elias Lindholm got it back or, and, Oliver Shillington got it back, and he's really good at pushing the puck back up ice, and, and he's not going to be with the team to start the season. He's not expected to start the year due to personal reasons, and we're not going to go into that because we respect people's privacy. Um, but I, I'm, there's so many really interesting questions with this team, but I think the, the top of mind ones is like, what's, what's Lindholm going to look like? What's Huberto going to look like? What are they going to look like on a top line? What about Kadri? I think Uyghur makes their defense one of the best in the league. They've got two top pairs. Don't you think? Oh, t- yeah, sure. Rasmus I've... Anderson, Noah Hannafin. And Uyghur, Mackenzie Uyghur, Uyghur and, and, and Chris Tanev. Also, will Dan Vladar be good enough to stop Jacob Markstrom from completely running out of gas? In the second Playing round of the 75 playoffs? games. Let's, and Let's see. He's looked really good in the preseason, and Vladar was for long stretches last year until we hit that stretch in December where he was pretty bad, and he let in like 14 goals <laughs> in three games that he lost. Um, I he think was that Brent, the most pleasant surprise oh, for God, everyone absolutely. talking about Oliver Shillington last season, and he was awesome. That was mm-hmm. the breakout they needed. He took a top four spot, a spot and ran away with it when people maybe thought he was toast. Mm-hmm. I was writing stories about why the Flames need to trade Oliver Shillington to give him a chance somewhere else because <laughs> you guys aren't giving one. And then he did, and he ran away with it, and it's amazing. But I thought Dan Vladar was the the best pleasant surprise on that roster last season for for very long stretches. And he profiles very similar to Jacob Markstrom. He's the same height. He's also six foot six, or maybe six five. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's very I, I athletic. Didn't. He's very good in his crease, and he's playing behind Jacob Markstrom. So he's learning from him. He's seeing how Jacob Markstrom prepares and, and, and works. That guy just wants to play hockey. And that's the problem sometimes when you have a coach yeah. who loves to ride a starter and you've got a starter who just wants to who play. Just love, who just loves to play. That's a that's You a rough. need Dan Vladar 
to steal some of those starts to yeah. prove to Daryl Sutter, hey, I'm good for more than twenty. And save and save both of those guys from their yeah. from their from their initial kind of impulses. Yeah. I'm excited for this season. There's some I, this, cool storylines, no. but I think the Flames are they were the most interesting offseason, and they're going to be one of the more interesting teams this season too. And I'm not even being biased because I'm not the Flames beat writer anymore. Mm-hmm. That brings it. We can um, <laughs> that's like kind of a perfect plug for something we're running on the site in the next couple of days. Is a set of our like full staff like league-wide predictions where a bunch of us predicted, you know, individual award winners and, and, and whatever else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I, I picked the flames. I picked the flames to win the Stanley cup. I picked Jacob Markstrom to win the Vesna. Yep. I went, I went Ilya Sorokin for Vesna. He was really good last year. <laughs> That's been my favorite moment of, the team previews, which are welcome. Thank is God. people sleeping on Ilya Sorokin being one no. of the best goalies in the league? Or no. just how bad it's the Islanders that. were last year? It's not that. It's people <laughs> saying to me, after we had the Islanders at like, you know, 17 or whatever it was. They're saying... You're sleeping. They're saying like, how could you pick a team to miss the playoffs whenever they had a Vesna finalist last season? Because they missed the playoffs last season with a Vesna finalist last season. About a team... That missed <laughs> the playoffs with the Vesna finals last season. Oh, gee, I don't know. Anyways, I think Ilya Sorokin's Prediction great. season. Prediction season. Preview season is over. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> it's it's done. Yeah. We're running out of time. We were going to mm-hmm. talk about some of our picks, but nobody cares. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You can but read all We've of them been eventually. talking for too long. I'm sick of talking about hockey. I play in a volleyball league now on Thursdays, so I've got to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'm going to go play volleyball, but I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, because we're, again, we are robots <laughs> who are programmed to talk about line combos. I don't combos have any interests. Whatever else. <laughs> Thanks. I it. thought that was a great show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Shout out Rod Brindamore. That was awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah, he was great. That we had him on. And <laughs> funny story, actually, because I said I'd stop talking, but I'm not oh going to. Oh, my God. I <laughs> thought go, that I was being Go play ghosted. volleyball. No, I'm telling this story. It's funny. It makes me sound relatable. I thought that the Carolina Hurricanes were ghosting us. And I went to send um, Mike Sudheim, who's their, I believe his title is the VP of communications. I went to send him a follow-up because it was like five days. I was like, hey, just want to follow up. Rod can talk. I didn't actually send the email Mm -hmm. requesting Rod Brindamore. And so I sent that email on Wednesday afternoon. after five days of being like, why aren't they answering me? Uh, I didn't send it. That's why. And so that's a little peek behind the curtain. What kind of NHL coach is available within 24 hours? (laughs) Apparently. I think just the one. One that actually maybe doesn't hate me. uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Not so so fast, my friend. Whatever. It's all good fun. That was great. He was awesome. Super glad we did that. And enjoy, enjoy the games. There's real games. Oh, yeah. There's hockey coming. By the time like, you tomorrow. talk to us again, we'll have real things to talk about. Lots of sports. Penguins. Coyotes. Et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, thanks, everyone. Let's get out. Let's we'll get talk out to you here. next week. I'm trying. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. And just a reminder, if you're not an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $1 a month for the next six months. Thanks, everyone. Bye.